Welcome to Ronin Radio. This is Michael Sky here with Hans Komein. In our last week on an island in the south of Brazil, today we talk about dating foreign women. It's not for everyone. We talk about the incredible aliveness and joy connection that's possible, not just in dating women, but in living abroad, being, being abroad, speaking other languages. And this joy and this aliveness is rarely, the, the levels and dimensions of it that are possible are rarely experienced by Western men as they go abroad to live, uh, to date, to travel, etc. So if you're interested in this topic of possibly living abroad or going abroad to date foreign women, I think you'll enjoy this. It is very dark. Dating foreign women, Hans, come in. Yeah, what about it? Especially you. It is dark. Why is my screen dark? I think it's Could just... Be, uh, we're about to say some there we go. ridiculous things, like I should not date foreign There women. we go. Wow, look at that. All right. Yes, dating foreign women. Something uh, Hans and I have a little bit of experience in. Uh, I was watching 90 Day Fiance yesterday. Yes, I saw some great clips. So Sunday, Sunday is like our day off. It's our day off of work. Other than that, we have six days of pretty intense rituals, starting with our morning swim in the ocean. But uh, get around in bed all day. Yesterday, a lot of what I was watching was 90 Day. It's, it's fascinating, man. It's fascinating and so entertaining to see, especially like gringos go abroad. And there was this one, uh, there was this one show. And he was, you know, he was overweight and he had kind of like a uh, physical deformity as well. I saw, I saw and, one kid. And he was in his 50s, yes. you know, and... I mean, the guy was very confident. He was very self. I mean, I, I was actually pretty amazed at how um, he was, considering all he had to face. But he had met a Filipina online, and then he, you know, he goes abroad for his his chance at love. You know, what are you laughing at? I I see the clip where he's complaining about no air. Yeah, so. You know, uh, I think for, well, okay, let me say this. I think for, let me just talk about American men, American men. I think that there are incredible love and romance and lifestyle opportunities abroad for American men. Incredible. Yes. Including, including how they'll often be treated with much more uh, respect and much more of a welcome in other cultures, not just by the women, but by the people and, uh, how life can be easier and, and so on and so forth and how they can find even, uh, um, yeah, be more welcomed into a community of family atmosphere. Um, there's so many different, uh, ways that a man could experience a, a more beautiful life, a better match. And find a better match uh, with not the just ladies. for him, but for the woman also. Yes, yes, they're incredible. Um, 
things about that. However, however, there's not, there not are, everyone. It's not for everyone. And there are barriers. There are definite barriers for Western men traveling abroad, uh, whether it's to find love or to just simply find a new place to live. Mm. Um, and a lot of it comes from our American, you know, conditioning. And yeah, as you said, air conditioning as well. <laughs> a lot comes from our American air conditioning. And it's, you know, that's actually a big factor. So this guy, is, he's in the Philippines, you know, and he goes to this girl's village in the Philippines. And he's, he's sweating like a pig, you know, and he's very uncomfortable. And he doesn't want to be out in the market. And she's like, this is normal. Every day. He's like, I can't take it. I can't take it. You know? I also got, I also, I think I got bitten by a mosquito. <laughs> yeah. and, and well, and he goes and spends, uh, you know, the night, I think his, her family welcomed him to stay a couple nights with the family. And, uh, you know, and there's maybe it's monsoon season or maybe it was just raining, but, um, he, he's just completely uncomfortable. Now I can like, I can relate to a lot of this. I've lived, I've spent the night in some crazy places that were indeed very uncomfortable where I would not want to get used to living. Uh, one of them being a, a recent place I stayed for eight days was Masai Mara with my, my buddy Condon. My, 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 and, uh, you know, they live in elephant dung huts. And one thing that I did not expect was just the, the number of flies that are constantly like around if you're sitting inside or outside the hut and they'll just like, if you let them, they'll just cover your face, and, you know, and, uh, you know, and you're eating and they're on the food and, you know, you, there's no way you could survive there. <laughs> and, uh, I barely did, you know, but It's, I mean, maybe I should have guessed it since the hut's made of elephant dung, right? Elephant, elephant poopy. <laughs> I'm starting to think surely, surely that's, that's the, there's more to the, there's more barriers than these physical inconveniences. Yes, but let's, let's <laughs> talk, let's talk about a few of them because I think this is very interesting. Um, you know, I went and There's a shot of him bathing with the father and the girl. And I mean, they got their shorts on, but I think this is very normal in the Philippines. I haven't spent enough time there to really notice, but I think one of the first things that they do is they ask you in that part of the world, like, like one of their greetings, like, hello, is you showered yet today or something like that. If you go to visit someone and if you haven't, they'll invite you to, you know, go and pour the water over your head and, you know, cool off and uh, freshen up. And, uh, so, you know, like for him, it's for this American guy, you know, this white American guy, it's like the strangest thing in the world. And, uh, I bathed like that for a long period of time in, uh, in Uganda. And actually like after a while, it was like, I really looked forward to it. I don't know. I, I like, I like change of scenery. Mm. I think you're also someone like this. You like new, the new and the different and the, the unknown, the exciting, the interesting. Um, I remember going to Japan with, uh, Mugumi, my then girlfriend in nine, in 2000. 
and uh, I, I think this is interesting for the that would be interesting for the American way also because the American way is really like forward and you know very individualistic I would say and the Japanese way is very community based and they have always like the other in their in in in, in mind in mind and I remember going there and like be super like uh, be super aware be super careful like not to offend yes you know because I could like I was <laughs> like yes. how do I do this and I'm I'm super intrigued by all the, the ways you know and uh, and I would and I would do that and with Megumi after half a day I would say how's it going it's, I'm doing good you know because I was super super careful she said, well, you could be a little bit more careful on this and this and this. And like, wow, you know, it's just, yeah, it's so different, you know? Yes. And it's fascinating to me. Well, let's talk about that. I mean, I'll come back to the air conditioning really quick because I think this is actually one of the biggest barriers for American guys. Go finding like a foreign uh, kingdom or paradise or beautiful new life is, it's just a, it's just a matter of adapting. We, you know, now when I come back to the States now, everything is freezing. You get in an Uber and it's like on max air conditioning, even if it's not summer. You get, uh, you walk into a store, max blasting air conditioning. It's like you've just entered the Arctic, mm. you know, into someone's home again. And it's like, it, it, it's a real strange phenomenon mm. if you haven't lived in it for a while. So it's, uh, you That's know, it's, it's like drinking coffee or, or, alcohol or smoking cigarettes or something like this at first it doesn't taste good you know it's like an acquired taste so if you can um if you can go somewhere not thank you with the with the understanding it's going to be uncomfortable and um live there for a while and allow yourself to adapt and find the pleasure in the new mm -hmm. way there's whole new worlds that can open up but I want to shift to this other thing that you brought up. Uh, there were Americans in, well, even, okay, let's, I want to even use this, this guy I was talking about who goes to the Philippines. You know, he, uh, he goes to her and, and one of the things he asks her, and this is on camera, by the way, so the world is seeing this. And he's like, he's not sure about her past because she met, he met her on a dating site she's someone who sleeps with a lot of foreign guys like what's her history and he he she won't tell him about her past and this isn't a very this is a very kind of american thing to all this kind of like psycho babble and like talking about the past and talking about relationships and feelings and an inquiry into like self-development and all this kind of stuff in a lot of places this is kind of rude mm. you know but she, she won't go into that, so he doesn't fully trust her. So he asks her in front of the cameras to take an STD test, you know. And this is something that in many foreign cultures, not the STD test, but the, the, asking the other shaming, people. the level of directness that especially Americans bring to these kind of situations is, if you want to talk about uncomfortable, mm. it's like, they're in their normal environment, then you come with the AC on max and blast it in their face, you know? No, it's worse than that. But, but American culture, and this is something that I was so curious about for a long time as I traveled, really trying to figure out and understand. But in some cultures, not humiliating someone in public yes. or even bringing them any amount of shame 
is far more important than being honest, direct, yes. open, open, this sort of thing. And as Americans, we value, and in the West generally, but especially Americans, we value like freedom of speech, speaking our truth, um, being direct, yes. this sort of thing. As, as a virtue. As a virtue, yeah. And in many places, it's the thing that's going to have most people not welcome you. Yes. And have you feel like, that dude was rude. Yeah. Like, he was incredibly rude. So, I, de I describe seduction as actually the counterweight to that. Uh, <laughs> like... <laughs> I've been trying to say it. As you picked it up, you go with the thing here. And there's, like, there's, uh, you know, hanging out with Hans is like an American being in a Japan or a bull in a China shop. You know, it's like you never know what little thing that you might do is he, he's going to be like, ah, don't do that. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't do that. I'm trying to like pay attention to it. Anyway, um, as he sticks his finger. In what his was finger. I saying? What was I saying? forgot I don't know what we were talking about uh, American the guy speaking directly and ah. offending oh and seduction like I start the book by saying that like the West is very much everything is laid out in the name of truth you know <clears throat> open honesty you know and there's 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 value to that but there's a lot that is destroyed because of it you know and, uh, and seduction thrives on, on way more the, the unknown, the unspoken, the not being laid out, you know, the, the, the hint upon and the suggestion and the indirect ways of communicating also. And it's, yes. it's so important. And, you know? and when you talk about seduction, you're not just talking about getting a woman into bed. You're talking about a way of being in the yes. world and in life. And it's, it also relates to this sense of aliveness that I now have as I travel other places where I'm not in America speaking mm -hmm. English, there's a sense of, of invitation yes. into aliveness that I would relate to seduction. Yes. It even has nothing to do with the women. And it's, yes, and it's not either or. The West will know this too. For example, if, you, if you, you're with a woman and, and it's the third date or whatever, you go home and you, can, you, wanna, you, wanna, you wanna come up and have a, a glass of wine, you know? Everybody knows what that means, and it's a very indirect, seductive way, you know? It's the same message as, you want to come and fuck, you know? And, but faced with that bluntness, a woman would have to say no. And so, it's just a matter of degree where, where some cultures are way more high context, where, like I would say, a woman's language is way more high context than a man. Where a man a yes is usually a yes, with a woman a yes could be a maybe and a no, you know. And and in the same way, the East is way more high context than say the West, where the Americans a yes is a yes, and for Japanese or Japanese a yes could be a yes or a maybe or a no, you know. And so there's a lot more going on in language and the way that people. So it's not like right or yeah, wrong. This is not right or wrong. It's just a way of like figuring that out. Yes, I've been writing a guide lately called Secret Kingdoms. And this is the idea that, that there are places abroad and a man could have one of these where he can go and be treated like a king, feel like a king, live like a king. And, um, but most men who travel abroad will never experience it, will never even realize it exists. You know, you'll watch a show like 90 Day Fiance and you'll just be like, oh, 
all foreign women are gold diggers and there's no way and I, yes. I couldn't do that and, and it's and, and and if that's your only experience is like an American style vacation watching 90 Day Fiance things like this you will never realize yes. the incredible world that's out there and there was there was something I was gonna uh, point to with that oh when I went to the Middle East for the first time and I lived there for a month in uh, Kuwait it it was uh, there's the there's the American reality experience that I had at first, looking at things from my American point of view, and uh, you know someone offers you something and like I remember I went to a, a store a, uh, a a little store for the first time in the in like the bottom floor of where we lived on the street and. Uh, I walk in and there's an Iranian shopkeeper and you know, I'm new and he greets me and everything. And he invites me to just take something just as a gift. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's like, what? And I was like, okay, thank you. <laughs> you <know? laughs> not realizing that, that this is part of the custom and not until someone offers something like at least three times. Yes. If you accept it before then, it's rude. You are rude. <laughs> In the, the same story, Megumi, I told you this. I was talking about her a couple of weeks ago or a week ago. She, Japanese, my ex-Japanese girlfriend, when she went, when she came to the States the first time, she was greeted by her uh, host family. And she had traveled like from Japan all this time, like 24 hours. She was super hungry. And, uh, and they went home and they offered and they said, hey, oh, you want to eat something? She tells us, I think it's so funny, you want to eat something? And she said, of course I said no. And they only asked me once. <laughs> All the yes. evening, you know, because yes. the American way, it's almost like you ask it once and it's almost rude to ask it again because uh -huh. it would mean, ah, the other doesn't know what they want. Yeah. Whereas the Japanese way is way more like, oh, you got to ask it a couple of times. Yeah. And so, but what's interesting to me is this. We could say like dating foreign women, it's, it's, uh, it's difficult or whatever because of the culture of differences. And that's true. You know, there's so many differences. But what you also could say is there's great opportunity there. And it is difficult because we don't have the ability to learn a different way. We don't, we don't, we, we're, it's so hard for us to get away from ours. I think it's even like unknown that we could learn a different yes. way. Or it's, exactly, and there are real ways. Yes, or or not even know. Yeah, like huh? Like yeah. there's no air conditioning, and it's like that whole like it's so deeply ingrained. It's like oh wow, it's like the kid yesterday. I'm talking with a kid. This is great. Uh, uh, he sees me with the bike, and he's like fascinated, and he starts talking to me in Portuguese. And I say, "Eu não falo português. I don't speak Portuguese. I say I speak." I speak German, I speak Dutch, I speak French, I speak English. And he said, okay. and I say, what do you speak? And he said, I speak normal. <laughs> <laughs> I speak normal. Yeah. So he yeah. doesn't speak Portuguese to him. He speaks normal. Right. And that's how we that's look it. at things. Yeah. That's yeah. the American goes. He doesn't think there's an American way. This is the normal way. This is the way. This is the way. Yeah. And everyone else is strange. <laughs> and it's not until I think that you can really begin to adopt a new way, live like the locals do, see the world like yes. the locals do. New parts of you come alive, new parts of your expression, new parts of your experience of 
yourself, yes. of the world. And it's and it's incredible. And it's one of the reasons I, I can't see my ever self see myself ever living, ever returning to the States to live mm. for the long run. And, so you, and it would even be difficult for me to see myself living just in one other culture yes. for the rest of my life. But th this is an interesting thing for what we're creating with the, the Secret King. What, what you almost want to need to do is for someone to be in a different way so he could see his previous way. Because he can't see it from where he's at. So you got to be almost forced out of your normal way in a different way to start looking back and go, oh, this is how it is, you know? Yeah. When you're in the midst of it, you can't see it, it. It really helps to hang out with someone who has been there and adopted different ways. Mm. And you can see them come alive in new ways as they speak a new language or go to a new place. Right. And then you can, you can begin to, you know, I think humans learn primarily through modeling, through yeah. mentorship, through someone else. And uh, yeah, that's, that's how I did it. Yeah, unless you learn, until you learn a new language, your language is just normal. Let me give another example of a, a way that uh, do things that can have you come alive. And, and I'll start it with saying, you know, I met when I was in Arizona, just visiting maybe five, six, seven, eight years ago, I, uh, I met some Venezuelans who had moved to the U.S., and we were talking because we were talking about this kind of a thing. And they were so alive about it because if they talk with most Americans, they won't understand what they're talking about. And they talked about like when we came to America and we went to these classes about how to live here and adapt here and stuff like this. There were like all these rules. These are the cultural rules which are invisible to Americans. And one of them that I thought was fascinating was you don't you don't shake their hand. You don't give them a hug. You don't uh, give them a kiss on the cheek. You don't. You don't even uh, get extra friendly with them, <laughs> a, wow. a kid on the playground. Because in America, there's very much this context like a stranger being friendly with my child. It could be a child molester. Could be uh, a kidnapper. Could be uh, is is a danger to my child, a pervert or whatever. Right. And uh, there's such a stigma around that that we don't have, like, like American adults, in, generally speaking, there's a level of connection and intimacy and touch and kindness and warmth that's missing between most adults and children who are not their own. And so when I went abroad, I, I kept running into this and I, and I found it was so beautiful. I remember I was in Belgium. Of and, all countries. And my buddy O uh, wanted me to come meet his Belgian friend. And so I went over to their house and we we're going over there, I think for dinner or something. And, uh, the, I think the kid came and greeted me first the kid, you know, I mean, maybe seven, eight years old, you know, and he just, he walks up to me, you know, kindly and just kind of put his lips in the air, you know, and they gave me a kiss on the cheek. It's just like, like a cheek to cheek touch, you know? And and I I was like wow like it's it was one it was respectful, two just like instantly I'm far more connected with this little boy, who has made this touch, than I would be with an American kid, who might not even acknowledge me. Mm. If he did, he would say hello. Not, I mean maybe I could shake his hand or something like that. But um, and and well then it was awkward with the father. 
because I was trying to get the number of kisses right. <laughs> and it was like, and Owen kind of told me, it's, it's, it's one kiss, it's this, it's two, it's this, it's three, it's this. It's a, a holy day. <laughs> and, you know, and I was one too many kisses. That's what I remember. And the guy stepped back and looked at me. He's like, like, am I gay? You know, am I coming on to him? You know? And I was like, that's when I decided, okay, I'm done with this fucking trying to get maybe this Maybe it was not the amount of kissing, but the fact you kissed him on the mouth. <laughs> well, or the tongue, maybe. I don't know if it was the tongue. But uh, I, I decided after that, okay, I'm going to keep my American way as far as greeting other men with kisses in foreign countries goes. <laughs> like, you get a handshake, and I'm bringing my culture to you. A great <laughs> but, way of doing this, I, I'm rating it with women, is that I announce it as I do it. Because I've, I've, come, I've come across the same I'm going to give you one kiss as I'm leading in. I went to Romania. It's as simple as this, you know. In Belgium, we kiss, and it's right to right, first kiss. Right cheek to right cheek. Right cheek to right cheek. In Romania, it's left to left. <laughs> so the first couple of times, I ended up sometimes, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's simple as that, just the, the other side. This is, this is something that's fascinating in itself. It's like all these different cultures, when they kiss, how much they kiss, what the rules yeah. are. In Italy, you'll have, a, I think it's a lot more common that guys will yes. uh, greet with a kiss. And, but you come to another like Latino culture like Brazil. Dude, do, do not go in for a kiss with yes. a guy, man. You get your nice lot and lights knocked out, you know? But what I'm seeing in this... But, is, but you do kiss the women here. Yes. But what I do see is this. What, you don't have to get it right. You have to find a way to navigate it. Like... Like, because there's so many ways of kissing a woman, for example, that I announce it, you know, and like I announce and that's coming a in with the tongue, <laughs> <laughs> a little finger. Uh -uh. <laughs> I'm coming in with the tongue and do circle motions to the right, then to the left and then in and out. But for me, that's a great way of navigating. And that has like <laughs> right. this, this, this. I'm like, just imagining yeah, how you take uh, your, Yeah. And you, you say it, you know, I, and you make, you make fun of it too. Like what I said about Romanian women, I said that, you know, and it just, it, it's a way to navigate it. Because as a foreigner, you also get more like freedom to make mistakes, like in Japan. Yes. I noticed that. So it's not like you have to be good at it. You know, the difficulty, like I'm saying, people think about dating foreign women as difficult because we have cultural differences. Yes. And yes, but... You know, maybe the trouble is that you don't know how to navigate yes. these differences and how to learn it, how, yes. to, how, to, how to bridge that gap, you know? This is fascinating to talk about. We, we got to go into it on another call but, or another podcast or something. But No, this is it. Um, I think far, it's just like speaking a language. What's far more important is your energy and your intention. Yes. You know, the fact that you're paying attention to it, the fact that you're respectful with it. And the we fact that it's that you're that you're enjoying the discomfort of it, and you're playing, you know, you're playful with it. Those things are all far more yes. important than speaking the language correctly, or or doing speaking the, that language correctly, or trying to come with your language. You know, your willingness to learn the other language. Yes. You know, you know, my buddy O. When I first met him, he, I met him at one of my, uh, my my ice dance, my retreats, and I remember, you know, he came up to me on one of the breaks. You know, he really felt close to me because he really resonated with the work. And he put his arm around me and he's like this close to my face, you know, which was normal for him from whatever culture. And uh, for me, it's like, dude, get out of my face. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm tolerating it. You know, I'm like, breathe. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and, but, but even those 
And that's actually what I like is, is being in the discomfort where it's actually more connection than what you would have had in your old culture. Like in uh, Uganda, you know, you'd be walking down the street with a guy who's totally just a buddy, you know, and he might take your hand and you might walk hand in hand down the dirt road for a while. And for me, it's like really uncomfortable, man. Right. It's really uncomfortable. But, uh, and I might laugh or joke about it or whatever, but so we just go along ways. with it. Even within the culture, like in Belgium, like I remember living in Brussels, it was all Moroccans, and they would walk, it's a very macho culture, but men would walk together and really like like this, you know, like like Flemish people would only do with their lovers, you know, uh -huh. and uh, fascinating, you know, it's even within a, a country as small as Belgium, you get different cultures and different ways, and you know, they would the way they say hello, the way they kiss, completely yeah. different, you know. Yeah, and, uh, and yeah, and you know, one of the things that Americans do, I see often as they go abroad, is um, imperialism <laughs> that they're, they're typically really resistant to speaking the language like the locals speak the language and uh i'm not right now i'm thinking of our uh, our mutual friend we know carrie and uh he, he the way he speaks spanish you know and he'll, he'll be like hola como estas <laughs> muchas, gra muchas gracias. Muchas, and he's not trying to like make yeah. fun of it. He's not trying to. He's just like I'm not gonna make those weird sounds and make my face weird the way they do. And like, and if I can, like when I went to like this, for me to be in France or see people speak French and stuff, a lot of times it's like, you know, it's like yeah, I wouldn't want to make those like, you know. <laughs> or, or the nasally sounds or the the expressions that you know that i might judge oh that's too feminine or that looks gay or this is that or whatever you know and like you don't how much my expression is inside of but the way that i learned how to survive yeah, inside you, of american culture yeah and you think you think you think yours is normal and that is abnormal why would i you know, it's too much. If you go to Italy and people talk, they're very, they just, and they go like, you know, and, yeah. <laughs> and you think why it has no real purpose. Why would I do that? You know, but that is the culture, yes. you know, and, and, and that is communicating. That is communicating. Doing it how they do and it. You, you, yeah, exactly. And you start talking like that. And you come alive in new ways, yeah. you become more expressed, and then you get to take that with you. And that's one of the joys of traveling to new cultures. And so I love like being in Thailand, in Brazil, places like this, because I feel ridiculous speaking not their language, but their language, how they speak their language. Right. It's and true. it's so funny and it's so much fun. Even when Michael, when we're in Africa, he speaks English in a different way. <laughs> He speaks English in the African way. When in Uganda, when you go slow, you go like this, you know? <laughs> this is you're only... Doing, you're doing it wrong, but... <laughs> when you're in a hurry, only when you're in a hurry. <laughs> yeah, there, yeah, Africa's another great example. Especially, you know, yeah. But it's great, that's very interesting, to step in that way and fully embrace it, you know? And not, not be just looking at it from your way and say, wow, that's strange. No, and, and you know, this is... 
YouTube. For example, if you're an American guy and you're curious about what it would be like to go and live here to date women from here, and you see American guys who can speak the language fluently, and you're like, oh, wow, that's, that's fluently that there's so much more possible then. But, it, but most of these guys you'll see online, there's not like a joie de vivre they're in it. They're not like really embodying it. They're not really in, embracing you it. You haven't seen it. <laughs> no, no. Joie de vivre. Joie de vivre. Joie de vivre. Joie de vivre. Yeah. Case in point. Joie de vivre. Yeah, but you know, for us. I not for the French. I we can not, adapt. I do English. not have as much joy speaking French as I do Portuguese, uh, trying to speak Italian or African languages or uh, Thai. It's because or, you uh, don't know it enough yet. It's a beautiful language. Perhaps. Joie de vivre. Yes. It's beautiful. Yes. That's don't be so. Yes. <laughs> We're going to France. You know, I. You know, I think I would if I landed in a place where I really connected with the French-speaking people mm. and I felt like, and, I, and there was this aliveness in them that I wanted. That, that would, mm. I bet that would be really fun, but I haven't had that yet. Mm. Maybe, yeah, one of the ex-colonies, you know, French Guiana or something. Yeah, <laughs> an African colony that's been well, And a lot of African countries also, yeah. French Guiana. Yes, yes. That would be good. Yes. <laughs> what, were, what were we saying just before that? Oh man, I have so much excitement about this because it's transformed me and my life. Let's talk about it in the next couple of days as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. All right. Yeah. Secret Kingdoms, if you're interested in exploring that, you know, let us know. <laughs>